الحمد لله رب العالمين العاقبة للمتقين ولا عنوان إلا على الظالمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadilatul Shaykh Al-Allama Imam bin Baz Rahimahullahu Ta'ala. That book which is entitled Durus Al-Muhimmah Li'amat Al-Ummah Important Lessons for the General Masses of the Ummah. Bithilahi Ta'ala, we want to go back just a little bit in the story or the incident that had taken place that was narrated to the Fadil to Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak bin Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Al Abad Al Badr, Hafidhumullahu Ta'ala. Because we are still on the chapter which is dealing with At-Tawheed Al-Uluhiyya and which highlights and stresses the importance of knowing what is the meaning of At-Tawheed Al-Uluhiyya and more specifically what is the meaning of La ilaha illallah and knowing that which is necessitated by La ilaha illallah and knowing those things that La ilaha illallah points to it is a must and that the kalima of, t- of tawheed it is not something that is meant to just merely be articulated and nor is it enough for an individual just to say it but they have to know the meaning of it they have to know its conditions, they have to know its pillars, they have to know that which is necessitated by it, and they have to know that in which it points to. And they have to implement it. They have to implement it. Naam. Ala kulli hal. The Shaykh mentions, he says, Haddathani ahadun afadul. That one of the noble ones, he, he mentioned to me, that one of the noble ones, he narrated the story to me. Wa'alamani. Hadithuhu, and his statements it caused me distress, caused me great pain to hear what I was hearing and to hear what he was saying. فقال, and he mentioned this noble brother. He said, He said, I heard a man inside of his his sujood when he was prostrating. I heard the man saying, يقول, he was saying, help me, O so and so. Help me, O so and so. Meaning by that, by the time he made it to the sajda, he had already begun to call upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَدْ قُرَأَ فِي سُورَةِ الْفَاتِحَ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ But in Surah Al-Fatiha, he had read what translated means, and unto you alone, O Allah, do we worship, and unto you alone, O Allah, do we ask for help. Naam. That he just finished reciting this in Qiyam, in Surah Al-Fatiha. He just got finished reciting this. And then, Shortly after reciting this, he goes and now he calls upon other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a gross and heinous contradiction. But this points to that the individual in this situation, in, 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 in this instance that had done this, it points to the fact that they didn't know the meaning. 
They didn't know the meaning. Naam. Because how can one know the meaning and then turn around and, and, and go against it? How can one know the meaning and then turn around so blatantly and so shortly after saying it and contradict it? Naam. And this points to the ignorance that has become widespread amongst the Muslims. The Shaykh, Hamidullah Ta'ala, he goes on and he says, and I want us all to understand it like this. That when a person says, La ilaha illallah, when a person makes their shahada, this is a covenant between them and between Allah. When they say, This is a covenant between them and between Allah. That they will not call upon. They will not supplicate to. They will not make dua to anything except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يَسْتَعِينُ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ And that they will not ask for help except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will not ask for help except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and of course, what is meant here, and in particular... But as we're going to come to, we should get ourselves into the understanding of trying our best not to ask others than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, period. But in particular, it is speaking about those things in which only Allah has the ability to do. Because in these things, we are not allowed to ask anyone else, period. In these affairs, we are not allowed to ask anyone except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In these affairs, we're not allowed to ask for the aid of anyone except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, this is particularly with those things in which only Allah has the ability to aid us in. And only those things in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ability uh, to, to answer. That we ask Allah, we ask Allah alone. Naam. <coughs> and there's no option. وَلَا يَتَوَكَّلْ and that we do not put our trust in anything except but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this individual side of Surah Al-Fatiha, he recited and beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the statement, that you alone we worship and you alone we ask for help. And then they turn around and worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he turns around and he makes dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he turns around and he asks for the aid, help and assistance from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah musta'an. This is very painful. This is a very sad situation. ثُمَّ فِي الصَّلَاتِهِ ثُمَّ فِي صَلَاتِهِ نَفْسِهَا وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ يَقُولُ مَدَدَ يَا فُلَانٌ And then inside of his prayer, the same prayer in which he just got finished reciting Surah Al-Fatiha inside of that prayer, then in the same prayer he turns around inside of his prostration when he's prostrating and he says, help me or the aid and assistance O oh, so-and-so, aid me, O oh, so-and-so. Allahumma sta'in. Ayna hadha al-ahdu al-ladhi qa'lamu wa huwa qa'imun. Where is the covenant in which he just said, in which he just recited when he was standing? Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. That you alone we worship and you alone we ask for help. Ay na'buduka. Meaning that we worship you, we do not worship other than you. And we ask for your help and assistance, and we do not ask for help and assistance with other than you. And again, just to highlight and to stress, in particular those things in which what? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ability to help aid and assist in. 
that in these things we're only allowed to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in general, when we understand the reality of the situation, then a person will what? They will try their best to minimize, even asking for help, aid, and assistance for things in which individuals have the ability to help, aid, and assist them in, except out of what? Necessity. That they have no other choice, there's no other option except to ask for help. Now, but other than that, if they don't have to ask, then it's better that they don't ask. If they don't have to seek the help, aid, and assistance in the thing, then it's better for them not to. Now, it's better for them not to. And inshallah ta'ala will come and we'll be going to see more about this particular affair. But in general, when it comes to, or specifically, now, when it comes to those things in which only Allah has the ability to do, then we are not allowed to ask anyone except Allah. And those things in which only Allah has the ability to aid, help, and assist us in, then we do not ask for aid, help, and assistance in those things for any anyone except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to and to not or or and to ask for help and assistance in things in which only Allah can do to other than Allah, this is shirk. This is shirk. Naam, this is a violation of the covenant. This is a breaking of the covenant. Naam. And Allah's aid. And Allah's uh, refuge is sought. The Prophet وسلم, in teaching Abdullah ibn Abbas عنhuma, and this is when he was still young. He was still a youth. The Prophet وسلم, he taught him some very tremendous very tremendous words as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said Ya Ghulab inni wa'alimuka kalimat Oh young boy I'm going to teach you some 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 words Oh young boy I'm going to teach you some words and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to him Ida sa'alta fas'alillah if you ask then ask Allah wa ida sta'anta fasta'in billah and if you seek help, then seek the help of Allah. وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِالشَّيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَدُرُّوكَ بِالشَّيْءٍ لَمْ يَدُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ رفعت الأقلام وجفت الصحف. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said when he's teaching Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu taala anhuma, when he was a young boy, he taught him some very important life lessons that every Muslim has to benefit from. Naam, and that is, if you ask, then ask Allah. If you seek help, then seek the help of Allah. And know. That if the nation were to gather, all of them were to gather together in order to benefit you with something, they will not be able to benefit you except with that which Allah has written for you. And if they were to gather together in order to harm you, they will not be able to harm you except with that which Allah has written against you. Except with Allah, except with that which Allah has written against you. The pens have been lifted and the scrolls have dried. This this hadith is tremendous and it behoves us to, to gain ilm, to gain knowledge and to understand the likes of what is mentioned aside of this hadith. The great Imam, Imam Ibn Rajab, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he mentions in commenting upon this hadith, he mentions as he says, هذا الحديث يتضمن وصايا عظيمة He said this hadith it contains therein tremendous 
pieces of advice that this hadith it contains therein tremendous pieces of advice and it contains principles encompassing principles from the most important affairs of the religion from the most important affairs of the religion and I want us just to reflect upon that for a minute because this hadith without doubt is a hadith that is tremendous and very important so much so that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught it to this young man taught it to this young boy very important so now I ask ourselves because remember we want to strive to be upon a mission of self-improvement that we improve ourselves how familiar and how acquainted are we with this particular hadith how much do we really understand as relates to this particular hadith because this particular hadith it has principles in it from the deen that benefit us in our religious understandings it benefits us in our mentality it benefits us in our world view it benefits us in dealing with the affairs of this dunya it benefits us in being able to cope and to handle and to deal with the ups and downs of the dunya it benefits us in teaching us tremendous points of benefit as relates to our aqidah as relates to our manhaj so on and so forth so much so that the great Imam, Imam Ibn Rajib, he mentions that until some of the ulama, meaning that there's so tremendous points of benefit, tremendous advice contained inside of this hadith, so much so that some of the ulama. Some of the ulama they said, that I seriously contemplated and pondered and reflected over this hadith. And it truly amazed me. It truly amazed me. It, it tremendously amazed me and verily I almost fell into great error and I almost had a misstep and I almost fell into ignorance that this particular hadith it amazed me and I almost fell into great error Ma'am, meaning that what? Without understanding this hadith And the benefits that are contained therein A person, a person is going to fall into great error A person is subject to going astray A person is subject for falling into great massive ignorance He said so much so He said he said and how I regret how I regret and so sad over the over the fact of me being ignorant of this particular hadith and having very little understanding of its meanings and having very little understanding of its meaning Allah, I want us to reflect on this really because we have to be of those who are in the habit of benefiting ourselves and that is by way of knowledge and that is by way of applying what we learn
from the greatest tricks of the shaitan that is perhaps easier for him to pull off on the people nowadays especially with the technology that is at our disposal and at our fingertips quite literally is that the shaitan he prevents us from the attainment of knowledge and I, and I want everyone just to reflect on them uh, on their own selves and as uh, often mentioned reflect back on the previous week how much knowledge have you sought during that time how much knowledge have you sought during that time what have you learned what have you learned this week or last week what have you learned ma'am from the last class until now what have you learned <coughs> Imam Ibn Jawzi Rahimahullahu Ta'ala He mentions in his book His famous book Talbis Iblis The book Which is entitled What translated means The Deception of Iblis Naam The Deception of Iblis So he outlines inside of uh, this tremendous work the ways that Iblis he deceives us, he tricks us the ways that he gets over on us now the ways that he plunges us into destruction in that tremendous book he mentions he says I'lam awwal talbis Iblis nas صدهم عن العلم لأن العلم نور فإذا أطفاء مصابحهم خبطهم في الظلمة كيف شاء He says that the first deception that he bleeds the shaitan the first deception that he pulls on mankind is that he prevents them from knowledge he prevents them from knowledge he hinders them from knowledge he distracts them he distracts them so that they don't learn now I, I want you to think about this right now right and let's use let's use Arabic as an example let's use the ability to read the Quran as an example we know the importance of reading the Quran Naam, we know the importance. We know the great benefit that comes from reading the Quran. Naam. So I asked us, or I, I, I ask any, all of us who they hear my voice, a number of questions from them. Are you able to read the Quran? And if not, how long have you been Muslim? How long have you known that this is very important? And something that you should learn how to read the Quran in Arabic. How well versed are you in the science of Tajweed, the proper recitation? How well versed are you and how well do you read? And how long have you known you should become well versed? in the science science of Tajweed and the importance of learning how to read proficiently right and we're just talking about reading we're not even getting into understanding what you're reading because we know that's a whole you know, it's, a, it's a discipline that is interconnected but somewhat separate right we're talking about Tajweed we're talking about Tajweed because this is the beginning right how long have you been Muslim? How long have you known you should learn this? But get up and, until now you still haven't learned it. And why? Is it because you don't have time? Is it because you're incapable? And if that is the case, how much time have you devoted last week to doing it? Now, in the last week, how much of that time was spent doing other things? How much of that time was spent doing other things? And we're, we're not talking about outside of your daily tasks right 
be it work or you know cooking cleaning and so on and so forth right ironing you know whatever it is you have to you have to do to get ready for the next day we're not talking about time that is spent on that we're not talking about time that you're working and seeking halal provisions no we're talking about the other time because unless you do that 24 7 and you never stop right yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know who lives like that right um, Allah Musta'in. So, unless you, you 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 have absolutely no spare time whatsoever, then you know turn your ears off. But if you have any type of of spare time, time where you're not sleeping, you're not working, you're not doing anything for the daily tasks and so on and so forth, what did you do with those moments? What did you do with those moments? Now, and again, we're just, we're just taking the Arabic language and in particular reading as an example as an example right which is taking it as an example okay understand that the greatest trick that the shaitan or the first trick that the shaitan he, he pulls on mankind is he prevents them from knowledge now think of all the distractions think of all the distractions that get in our way from doing those things that we know are going to benefit us Doing those things we know we should be doing. Just think about that, right? Why why does Shaytan do this? Imam Joseph he says because knowledge is light. The Shaytan prevents us from knowledge, right? Why? Because knowledge is light. And if the Shaytan turns off our lanterns, Naam, if he turns off our lanterns, for either if he turns off their lanterns, he turns off their light. Then what? Then what happens once he turns off their light? Nam, either What does he do? He beats them up in the dark, any way he wants to. You see, once the light is turned off, then the shaitan beat him up in the dark. However he wants. This is why the shaitan, he wants to dissuade us from, from knowledge. In any event, I want us to remember that. I want us to remember that reality and remember that fact. So that perhaps, inshallah ta'ala, we can better prioritize our time. So that, bithnillahi ta'ala, we can better... Uh, prioritize those things which are truly important from us, for us, and stay away from or try to avoid getting distracted and getting played by the shaitan. This hadith is so important, so much so that the salaf, some of the imams of the past, some of the imams of the past, they made that uh, tremendous statement. That once I reflected over this hadith, it truly amazed me. And verily, I was on the brink of falling into error. I was on the brink of going astray. I was on the brink of falling into much ignorance and so on and so forth. And how much I regret being ignorant about this hadith and having very little understanding of the meanings of this hadith. Now, this is what some of the great imams they, they, they had to say. So that shows that there is tremendous benefit inside of this hadith. From that, remember that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that I'm going to teach you some words. So there are a number of different uh, words, different statements. Meaning, this was meant by words here, statements. There's a number of statements that were mentioned to Ibn Abbas radhiyallahu taala and Huma, and we're just going to briefly mention a couple of them. Yeah, I'm going to briefly mention uh, a couple more precisely, a few of them. Right, um, and just light, very light uh, uh, commentary on it. Now, but I want you to understand that this hadith is is like an ocean. You can write a voluminous book on just this hadith alone, just the explanation of this hadith and the benefits that are contained inside this hadith. But so we gain some understanding. Again, there were a number of statements that were mentioned. The third statement mentioned inside of this hadith, the third piece of advice, the third statement that was mentioned 
was the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu that if you ask, then ask Allah. And Alama Uthaymin Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, he mentions and commenting upon this, he says, إِذَا سَأَلْتَ حَاجَةً فَلَا تَسْأَلُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ He says, so meaning that if you ask for a need, if you ask for a need, do not ask except Allah Azza wa Jal. Do not ask except for Allah Azza wa Jal. وَلَا تَسْأَلُ مَخْلُوقُ شَيْئًا And don't ask the human, don't ask the creation nothing. Huh? Don't ask the creation for anything. For anything. Naam. This is of course what if you, yani, if, 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 if you can avoid doing it. If you can avoid doing it, don't ask anyone for anything. Naam. I want you, I want to stress that. If you can avoid it, don't ask anyone for anything. وَإِذَا قُدِرَ أَنَّكَ سَأَلْتَ الْمَخْلُوقِ وَإِذَا قُدِرَ نعم أَنَّكَ سَأَلْتَ الْمَخْلُوقِ But if it is written, if it is decreed that you have to ask a created being for something, again, for something in which that being has the ability to do. نعم Something that they, that that individual has the ability to do, like you ask someone who can hear you, who is present, to, for example, hand you a glass of water or something like this, huh? And then it's okay because you're asking them something that they can do. They're there, they're present. The water's there. They have the ability to hand it to you, so they can do it, right? Or if you're in a situation where you don't have the ability to do it by yourself. For example, you're moving and you need help carrying heavy furniture. So you ask people to meet you at your residence on a day in which has been uh, agreed upon that you're going to move or whatever to help you move and carry the heavy furniture inside the truck, load it and unload it. Naam. Why? Because you can't carry it by yourself. So you, so you ask for help. So there's certain situations where you have to ask for help. And if you have to ask for help, then, you, then, you, then this is fine. But again, talking about things in which those individuals in which you're asking have the ability to do, right? Not things like asking, yani, uh, you know, for uh, your children to be guided or, you know, you ask them to, you know, to guide your children or to, because uh, you, you want to have children, to make your wife get pregnant and things like that. Why? Because this is beyond their ability. They don't have the ability to do these things. So these things, if you were to ask a person something like this, and it's a shirk. Why? Because they don't have the ability to do these things. Ma'am, they don't have the ability to do these things. But in any event, if you have to ask somebody for something, for something which they have the ability to do, like for example, helping you move, or whatever the case is, then this is an important thing to know. As Sheikh mentions, he says, uh, uh, and if you ask somebody, that which they can do, فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ سَبَبٌ مِنْ أَسْبَابٌ وَأَنَّ مُسَبَّبٌ هُوَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانُهُ وَتَعَالَى وَلَوْ شَاءَ لَمَنَعَ مِنْ إِعْطَائِكَ سُؤَالَكَ فَاعْتَمِدْ عَنُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى He says, if you have to ask somebody for something in which that that person may actually have the ability to do, then know that they are only a means from the means. But the one who is a facilitator and the cause for this coming into fruition, then verily it is Allah, Allah alone. Because if Allah willed, He will prevent you from it. If Allah willed, He will prevent you from receiving with, yani, uh, this thing, and He will prevent you from what you had asked for. No one can give it to you. So therefore, put your trust upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because all of this is from Tawheed. All of this is from Tawheed. Even down to taking medicine. Your worldview, your understanding, your mentality, it has to be shaped by the Tawheed. You get a headache. Naam, you get a headache. You go for the aspirin. Right? You go for the aspirin. Or whatever. Uh, 
medicine for headaches and you take it you have to understand that what that pill does not cure you that is not the cure it's not it is just a means that's it it's just a means the cure is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so a person thinking that once they get a headache they take some headache medicine and by taking that headache medicine or that that headache medicine is going to cure them this is shows you an indication or this is an indication of the weakness or a weakness in that person's tawheed if you think that that thing within within itself has the ability or that is what cures you that thing that medicine then you have fallen into shirk you have fallen into polytheism Naam. why because it, because your cure is from Allah and Allah, Allah Ta'ala alone when you get sick Allah cures you these things are just means from the means and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he reminds us of this fact Allah ta'ala reminds us of this fact and how is that Allah reminds us of this fact because sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he causes the means not to work Naam. he causes the means not to work and I'm using a headache just as an example you know from your own experience that there have been times that you have taken a headache medicine in the prescribed dosage huh? and what happened you still had a headache the headache did not go away then there are other times you have taken a headache medicine and Allah cured you from your headache so you understand that what because same medicine taking the same dosage one time one time Allah removes your headache one time he doesn't so I have to show you what do not depend on the medicine depend on Allah because the cure is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the cure it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but these are things that we have to know and understand because these things affect the whole of our lives here in this dunya and in the akhirah they affect our life so it's important that we know this and it's important that we teach our children this Naam, it's important that we teach our children this so when you get a headache or a backache or a toothache or whatever the case is stomachache huh? your first course of action should be to do what? should be to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure you to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure you and then you take to the means to those things in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has made them a means and a cause for the removal of these particular things so for example taking headache medicine is from the means that headaches are removed right but to try to put a means inside something in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not placed therein a means for that particular thing then you will have fallen into tremendous error Naam. so for example a person has a headache then they say okay I'm going to eat a, a piece of candy piece of candy is and it has not been made a means to remove of the headache you understand so on and so forth. a person would have fallen into great error a person would have fallen into great error and likewise if a person understands that the means is actually the cause or the thing in which will remove and will facilitate the removing and has some effect upon the khalq upon the creation and so on and so forth meaning independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then a person they would have fallen into shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then they would have fallen into shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because these things are only a means but the true cause and, and the one who facilitates the reaching of the desired effect that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not bring that thing to fruition then nothing will bring it to fruition it will not come about whatever Allah wills is and whatever he does not will is not and when a person understands this this will help a person to connect themselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to yani, empty their hearts from everything else 
and to empty their hearts from everything else, uh, which is of extreme importance. Connect yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, which is the fourth statement, and if you ask for help, they ask for help from Allah. Shaykh Uthameen mentions, فَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ الْعَوْنِ وَطَلَبْتَ الْعَوْنِ مِنْ أَحَدِ فَلَا تَطْلَبُ الْعَوْنِ إِلَّا مِنَ اللَّهِ So meaning that if you need help, you need assistance, and you ask for help and assistance from someone, that don't ask anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لأنه هو الذي بيده ملكوت السماوات والأرض because it is only in the hand of Allah that lies the dominions of the heavens and the earth وهو يعينك إذا شاء and it is only Allah that will help you if He chooses to help you نعم وإذا أخلص وإذا أخلصت الاستعانة بالله وتوكلت عليه أعانك and if you Single out Allah alone and asking for aid, help, and assistance, and you depended upon Him solely, then Allah Ta'ala He will help you. But if you had to ask a person for help, if you had to ask a created thing for help, in that which they have the ability to do, then have the firm belief that verily that thing, that created thing, is only a means. That is it. It is a means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has subjugated to you and put at your disposal. Huh? It is a means that what that Allah has given you, that Allah has subjugated to you and put at your disposal. This is of tremendous importance and life lessons that we have to know. That we have to know because this is what strengthens the Tawheed. This is how an individual gains true independence. They gain independence from uh, servitude to the creation by what? By being servants to the Creator. By being servants to the Creator. As Shirathimini mentions, inside of these two tremendous sentences, دليل على أنه من على أنه من نقص التوحيد أن على من نقص التوحيد نعم أنه من نقص التوحيد أن الإنسان يسأل غير الله. Shurdimini says, and from this there is the proof and the evidence. From these two sentences, there is the proof and the evidence that what that from a deficiency in Tawheed is that a person will ask other than Allah. And from this, then we see that it is disliked to ask other than Allah, whether it be a little bit or a lot. Naam. Wallah Azza wa Jal, إِذَا أَرَادَ عَوْنَكْ يَسْرَ لَكَ الْعَوْنُ سَوَاءٍ كَانَ بِأَسْبَابِ الْمَعْلُومَةِ أَوْ غَيْرِ الْمَعْلُومَةِ And if Allah wants to help you, then Allah will make it easy for you to be helped, aided and assisted, regardless on whether that is from things and means in which you are aware of and know about, or whether they are from weak means and from things in which you don't know about. Naam. فَقَدْ يَعِينُكَ اللَّهِ بِسَبَبٍ غَيْرِ الْمَعْلُومِ لَكَ Because Allah may help you, He may aid you and assist you with a cause or with a reason, rather, with a reason that you don't even know about. Allah may aid you in a way you don't even know you're being aided, helped, and assisted. نعم فَيَدْفَعَنْكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا لَا طَاقَ لِأَحَدٍ بِهِ And Allah Ta'ala he may aid you, he may repel from you an evil that no one could repel from you except but him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he may help you. Naam. Uh, he may help you from a way in which you don't even know and even acknowledge and realize that you're being helped. Naam. ولكن مع ذلك لا يجوز لك أن أعانك لا يجوز لك إذا أعانك الله 
على يد أحد أن تنسى المسبب هو الله سبحانه وتعالى. But it is not permissible. It's not permissible that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to help you upon the hands of someone that you forget that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the facilitator of that affair and that it is yani, and that the uh, the help ultimately it, has, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the 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 true cause and the true uh, reason that you are that this has reached you Naam, that Allah has facilitated that for you and if Allah had not willed it it would not have happened whatever Allah wills is whatever he does not will then it is not Naam. likewise if you go and look at the other sentences in which we don't have time really to get into but I encourage everyone to go back and to strive to understand this hadith and to go over and to study and ponder and reflect over this hadith. Is it the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi would translate it means and know that if all of the nation were to come against you in order to benefit you with something, oh, excuse me, if all of the nation were to gather together in order to benefit you with something, they will not be able to benefit you except by, with that which Allah ta'ala has written for you. And if they were to come against you uh, in order to harm you, they will not be able to harm you except with that which Allah Ta'ala has written against you. Now, because we understand what Allah can, whatever Allah wills is, and whatever He does not will is not. And this right here will make a person what? Help a person to connect themselves unto Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. So with that, they wouldn't have. Any attachment to the to, to the human beings like this, uh, because they will know and they will understand that you can't do anything good for me except that Allah has already written it for me. So their true attachment will be with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Now, it doesn't mean that a person is ungrateful and, and, they, and they don't show gratitude, they don't say thank you and so on and so forth. No, you you have to acknowledge and appreciate a person's yani, yani, the efforts and what they have done of, of goodness and kindness to you. Uh, and this is from the deen. As the Prophet said, That whoever does not thank the people does not thank Allah. Whoever does not thank the people does not thank Allah. Or in the exact wording in which the Prophet said it. So we have to be appreciative and show our thanks. But at the end of the day, our true connection is to who? It's to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because whatever He wills is, and whatever He does not will, it is not. And just think about the ramification that this will have inside of a person's life. That if something reaches him, alhamdulillah, he's appreciative and thankful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He does not forget to show his thanks and gratitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is by thanking Allah with his mouth, thanking Allah with his limbs, by doing righteous good deeds, so on and so forth. By not utilizing that thing in which Allah has blessed him with to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so on and so forth, from the ways in which we show gratitude. Now, and also from the second part, that if the people were to come against you to harm you to the end of it, then a person, what, they'll truly be scared of who? The people? No. They'll truly be scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will realize that you can't do anything to me except for that which Allah ta'ala has written against me anyway. So with that being the case, who? I don't care nothing about you, but I'm scared who? I'm scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if Allah has written it, then, you know, it can happen. If Allah did not write it, then... It won't happen. And like this, a person, they will understand and they'll be able to handle and deal with the ups and downs and problems of life. So when something happens to them, uh, somebody does something bad to them, so on and so forth, they don't focus in on a person who did them wrong or whatever. Then they, what, what, what do they do? They look at the one who had written this thing against them and they realize that what? That the, that the fault is theirs. That the problem is theirs. Why? Because this is a result of the sins in which they have put forward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written this thing against us as what? As a test. As a test for us. Uh, one. Two. An opportunity for us to show and uh, patience and to worship Allah by way of sabr. Na'am, which is a tremendous act of worship that we benefit tremendously from. So it gives us the opportunity to be patient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. is a reminder for us to make uh to to ask for forgiveness to make tawbah unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is a opportunity for us to reflect upon our situation upon what we're doing and what we're not doing 
to self-evaluate so that we can correct ourselves and correct our course and adjust our course, so on and so forth. So these things, these, 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 these unfortunate things that happen to us have a lot of benefit in it for us. It's a great opportunity for us, uh, so much so that the, the, the one of the high uh, belief and the like, they become pleased with uh, the unfortunate things in which happens to them when they understand the big picture and the reality really of the situation, then they are thankful and uh, they uh, uh, are, 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 are pleased and happy with the unfortunate things that happen to them because they realize that in reality it is better what well, it is better for them. And it's also an opportunity for them to have their uh, the sins removed and to have their level raised uh, if they are patient and anticipate the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, these life lessons are extracted from what? From this uh, from these, uh, from the second of these two sentences, in which that were mentioned, right here. So there's a lot of benefit, a lot of ramifications as it comes, uh, yeah, inside of the life of an individual. So Sheikh Abdul Razak, going back, he mentions, he says, for Hausal, Anna la ilaha illallah, he He says, so therefore, in conclusion, what the takeaway from this is that la ilaha illallah, this is the kalima of al-tawheed, ma'am. There's a kalima of al-tawheed. What tawheed huwa madlul. Yani, hadhi kalima. And that tawheed is that which is pointed to by this kalima. All of these things in which we aforementioned, huh, in, in this class here, all linked to tawheed. All linked to tawheed. Naam, and that which is pointed to by al-tawheed. Wahiya ikhlasu al-deen And it is making all of our religion, all of our life sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ifradu. بالظل والخضوع والدعاء والرجاء والخوف والذبح والنذر وغير ذلك من أنواع العبادة and it is to single out Allah alone with our with with our humility that we humble ourselves unto Allah with being يعني having humility for Allah سبحانه وتعالى with our dua, with our supplication, with our hoping, with our fear, with our slaughtering, with our giving of oaths, so on and so forth. Naam. And, and other than that, from the categories of ibadah, that is for Allah and for Allah alone. Wa kama qala al-Shaykh rahimahullahu ta'ala, just as Shaykh bin Baz rahmatullah alayhi says, فَجَمِيعَ الْعِبَادَاتِ مِنْ صَلَاةِ so all of the all of the all the categories of worship from prayer, fasting, and other than that, then it is incumbent, it is wajib that we have sincerity in it for Allah alone. Naam And it's not permissible that we give anything from it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning as Sheikh Abdul Razak uh, uh, he mentions that if a person were to give or to give anything from these categories of ibadah to other than Allah then they would have made that tawheed deficient that tawheed would have become deficient uh, وَأَصْبَحَ بِعَمَنِهِ هَذَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ His tawheed will become deficient. It will go away. Naam. And he would, by way of this action of his, be from the polytheist. He, he would, by way of his action of his, be from the polytheist. Wallah Azza wa Jal Yaqool. And Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَلَقَدَ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَا تَكُنَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ بَلِ اللَّهَ فَعْبُدْ وَكُنْ مِنَ الشَّاكِرِينَ And Allah Ta'ala, He says what means, And verily we have revealed to you, O Muhammad, and those who came before you, that verily, most definitely, undoubtedly, if you were to commit acts of polytheism, if you were to, if you were to associate partners with me, نعم, then undoubtedly, most definitely, all of your deeds, all of your actions will be rendered null and void. And undoubtedly, most definitely, you will be from the losers. Rather, worship Allah alone and be from those who are thankful. 
be from those who show gratitude. As Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentions, in his statement, and that your actions undoubtedly, most definitely, they'll be rendered null and void. And amal, huna, mufrad, mudaf, wa mufrad mudaf, kama hi al qa'ina inda ahl al-ain, tafid al-umum. That the word amal here is a word that is indefinite. Naam is a word that it is indefinite and is linked to something else. It's a word that is indefinite and it comes in a tense where it is possessed. Naam because yani, uh, it is your actions. Naam so it is possessed and it is indefinite. So therefore it brings forth the understanding as well known principle with the people of knowledge that it means that 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 it means a generality so whatever action whatever action naam is gone it'll be null and void naam in general la yahbatanna amalu that undoubtedly your action will be really null and void uh, uh sheikh abdul razak he says a tahbatanna jami'ul a'malu meaning all of your deeds are null and void now I'm the person that falls into the, the, the major shirk that falls into that kufr and the kufr falls upon them, the major shirk it falls upon them, then all of their deeds are gone, done. No deeds for them. Naam Nam Salatin wa Siyamin wa Hajjan wa Sadaqatin wa Birrin wa wa Silatin wa Ghiridhan. Whether it be salah or be fasting or be hajj or be charity or be being righteous to one's parents or be connecting uh, and keeping the, uh, the ties of kinship and other than that, gone. All of it is gone. Person that falls a major shirk mushrik, no deeds for them. No good deed for them. It's done. He has no deeds. Ma'am, this is the result of major shirk. And all of his deeds are, are erroneous. They false. They void it out. They don't count. If the slave associates partners with Allah, then the actions are done. Naam. Wasawa ghayr Allah billah. And they make other than Allah equal with Allah. Fishayin min hukukihi subhada. As relates to something that is from his rights. A person gives someone else the rights of Allah or make them equal in, in, in Allah's rights by giving them Allah's rights. Then they're done. Their actions is done. They're mushrikun. Naam. They're polytheists. For example, he calls upon other than Allah. Dua is for Allah alone. Dua is ibadah. Dua, supplication, it is ibadah. Ibadah belongs to Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone. I did not create the jinn or the mankind except for them to worship me, meaning Allah alone. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whoever calls upon other than Allah, then they have given what is belongs to Allah to other than Him. They have associated partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they have violated this and they are polytheists. Naam. Or, uh, uh, they make istighatha. They, they seek help in times of peril with other than Allah. Or they slaughter to other than Allah. Or they take oaths to other than Allah or the name of other than Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or they give other than that from the categories of worship to other than Allah. Then they are mushrikun. Wallah Jalla wa'ala yaqul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Qul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillah rabbil alameen la sharika lahu wa bithalika umirtu wa ana awwalul muslimin. And Allah ta'ala he says, what translated it means, and say to them, O Muhammad, and you say, then verily my salat. And my slaughtering, and my life, and my death is only for Allah, the Lord of all that exists. I associate no partners with Him. He has no partners associated with Him. With this I have been commanded, and I am the first of the Muslims. This is our way, is to implement the Tawheed, is to implement the Tawheed, so that all of our ibadah, all of our worship belongs to Allah and to Allah alone. That our life and our death is for Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners. 
This is what we have been commanded with and this is what it means to be a Muslim. This is what it means to be a Muslim. Allah, it is incumbent that we become very well grounded, very well yani, grounded and very knowledgeable and acquainted with the likes of these things and that we believe them. We believe them with a strong belief. We implement them inside of our lives. We act upon this knowledge. It is a must. There's no way to get to the Jannah without implementing and establishing a Tawheed. There's no way to benefit in this world and the next except by establishing it. So hey, it is incumbent that we take the likes of these classes and reminders extremely seriously. That we learn and we continue to study and to ponder and to review and to review and to study and to ponder. And we keep doing this until we die. Never saying we reach the point where okay we don't want to learn about Tawheed we don't even want to learn, uh, hear about that no more we learned it all we know it all nah it's not like that and even if proverbially for argument's sake we say okay you covered everything good then review it review it and review it again and review it again and review it again and review it again because like any other knowledge like anything else in which a person knows you know that if you leave it for long enough you forget it uh, almost so like you never knew it. Naam To the end of it So keep reviewing it Keep learning Keep learning and learning and learning and reviewing And benefit yourself with this Those things that will truly uh, benefit you Those things that you truly need This uh, from the ways of self-improvement This is from the ways in which we improve ourselves And our situations Wa Naktafi Bihad al-Qadr ala نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا